This is Reimagine Law, a podcast about legal education and careers to help students navigate their career choices. Hello, welcome to Reimagine Law. Um, you might have seen our recent posts on Instagram, which are all about meeting the team, the four of us that co-host this podcast. Um, we've been asked to do a little bit of an in-depth episode on each of us and our career journey to date. So today it's my great pleasure to be able to introduce my co-host Kerry Javid. Hello. Hi, Fran. Hello. This is a bit odd, isn't it? A bit awkward. You interviewing me about about me, but it's a, it's a pleasure. It's nice to be able to to get together like this again. Absolutely. And you know, Kerry, you have such a wealth of experience, and you know, careers and, and career development being your specialism. I'm really looking forward to delving in to some of the detail. Um, okay, so let's let's kick off. Perhaps you could just share your career journey um, to date. Okay, um, I will. I'll, tr- I'll try to be as succinct as possible. Um, a, a whistle-stop tour. Uh, so my, um, I, I started out actually training as an accountant. Um, so I went through all the graduate milk rounds at university. I went to Warwick um, and um, actually studied um, English and philosophy at Warwick. Uh, and I, I really didn't know what I wanted to do, to be honest, <laughs> for the rest of my life. Um, it, for me, it was all such a big decision. Um, and I wanted to make sure I got it right. So I decided that I'd try to um, kind of keep my options open in a way by doing a business based graduate um, program. And so for me, that meant accountancy. So getting into one of the big, well, what was the big six at the time? Um, and I did the milk round got through many interviews and actually had quite a number of offers. I was was pretty surprised um, uh, and and felt very lucky to to be able to have a choice. Um, And I I chose to join what was Coopers and Nybrand at the time, um, which then not soon afterwards became PwC. Um, So I embarked on the, uh, the journey of training as an accountant um, and, you know, learned a huge amount, learned a huge amount about how businesses run. Um, and I think I, I became quite equipped um, and comfortable on the sort of financial and uh, mathematical elements of, of, uh, of business and, and talking, you know, quite commercially about, about how businesses work and what matters to those that run businesses. Um, so fantastic platform, great firm to work for, um, huge sort of breadth of experience and exposure. Um, but I got to a, a point where I was sitting in an audit room um, and the people above me in terms of seniority were having a hot debate about FRS 7. Um, and they turned to me to ask me my opinion and my heart just sank. I just thought, I have, I just don't care. <laughs> I don't, it, this does not light my fire at all. And I suddenly realized that I was, I couldn't, I couldn't continue on this path forever. I needed to make a change. Um, but it was scary because at that point I thought, well, I don't know. What, what am I going to do? I have no idea what to do now. What, what's FRS7 that you mentioned? Oh, it's, it's a financial regulation. It's one of the regulations that govern how you audit businesses. So, yeah, there, there was a debate around how it could be interpreted for this particular client um, in, in the audit room. And like I said, it was a light bulb moment for me because I realised I didn't want to be those people that were senior to me. I didn't want to go on that path, but I didn't know what I wanted to do. So 
I um, had a bit of a think about it and I spoke to family and friends and I resigned from PwC and they said to me, actually, don't do that. We, we want to keep our talent. So we have a career advisor within the business. We'd like you to go and speak to her and see where that leads you. And so that's what I did. And it was a great, it was a great process. It, it made me um, really think through what I wanted to do, what, what I valued, what I thought I was good at, but also what gave me energy, you know, what gave me a buzz, which elements of, that, of, of my you know, accountancy experience so far did I like and did I thrive on and, 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 and try to translate that into what that then could look like elsewhere. And I ended up actually moving into the graduate recruitment team. And funnily enough, my manager um, had had the same journey. So she had trained as, a, as an accountant, got to the same point and said, this isn't for me. So we were kindred spirits in a way, you know, absolutely understood each other. But then um, so I moved across. I loved it. I loved working with, you know, people sort of similar age to me, um, getting out there, meeting people, representing the firm. I was, yeah, I, I, was, I was really buoyed up about the firm and they gave me this opportunity to, to make a sideways move. But I also um, was very, very ambitious. Um, I didn't want to lose time. I felt like it, maybe it was a bit of a step back um, coming from a sort of fee earning role into a business support role. Um, so I had, a, I had a, um, a real sort of fire in my belly, I guess, to get involved in as much as I could and to get some real breadth of experience and not just be um, you know, a graduate recruiter. And, and my manager at the time was really supportive and we, we you know, found opportunities for me to work across different projects uh, within PwC more broadly in terms of talent and um, career development and HR. So that, 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 was, that was a fantastic move for me um, and I, I enjoyed it very much. And then I moved to Deloitte after that. So staying within the professional services world, um, but I, I wanted to move up and, and take on more responsibility. So I moved to Deloitte and I worked in their um, UK grad team. But again, I was involved in developing the competencies for um, the whole of Deloitte um, in terms of performance management and recruitment. The, the, the hub of everything that is hung up, hang, it hangs off in terms of performance and talent, in terms of the expectations of, of people. Um, and, you know, director assessment um, processes, so really nice, broad, rich experiences um, that I got through Deloitte as well as the early talent side. Um, and, and again, you know, it, it just trying to expose myself to as much as possible in terms of experience and challenge and stretch. Um, I did my CIPD qualification, which is the HR equivalent qualification, because I thought, well, I need to, I need to get, you know, the, the credible um, qualification for that particular profession. Um, and I was also getting myself involved in broader networks as well. So um, I um, was heavily involved in the Association of Graduate Recruiters, as it was then. Um, it's now the Institute of Student Employers. Um, and uh, built up yeah, lots of networks, um, moved to the legal sector, um, Herbert Smith, as it was then, now Herbert Smith Freehills. Um, and it was a bit of a baptism of fire, actually, because the legal sector um, has a bit of a reputation for being a bit more traditional and, and slightly behind the curve in terms of how they um, how they operate and how they sort of brand themselves, and and particularly so you know we're, we're going back quite a few years now, 
Um, but what was great about Herbert Smith was that the, the ownership of talent was was felt so strongly. I mean, they they the partners wanted to be involved. They really, really um, felt that they had a responsibility for everybody that came through their doors um, and their talent. And and that had, you know, a good a good side and a bad side in terms of um, sometimes it was difficult to explain to them, you know, you don't need to spend your time doing this, trust us too. Um, but at the same time, um, it, that, you know, once, once you'd gain that trust, which didn't take very long, it meant that I could really spread my wings and, and, and transform a lot of what was going on there and just thrive there. It was, a, it was like an extension to my family. Um, and, I, and I continued my involvement with the AGR um, and I um, actually was lucky enough to be asked to join the board of the AGR at that time um, and I said to um, the CEO at the time you know that the legal sector is not really represented very much here you know, we need to change that um, and so we decided to set up a, um, a legal sector focus group um, and I chaired that um, and then I also started to be involved in the research um, that the AGR um, sort of went through I mean, there's a huge amount of research um, that they that they pulled out that you know talking to their members obviously understanding the market sharing that knowledge updating you know the, the website and how that was um how that was managed so there was a lot of additional responsibilities i guess through a broader network that i was that i had alongside my day job and and it was and it was great i just loved it Kerry, those um, networks that you get involved with, like the mm. Association of, of Graduate Recruiters, though, are those positions that your employer gives you time to go out and do, or were you just doing a, a super long week to, to do extra because you're so ambitious? Yeah, so they, they there would be certain meetings, for example, the Legal Sector Focus Group. Yeah, it, that was that benefited the firm. So absolutely, I could. I could um, go along to those and, and and represent the firm, but also obviously I'm bringing bringing knowledge and experience back into the firm as well, and in sharing that, um, it, it was a very collaborative um, approach with the AGR in, in that way. And and the firm, you know, Herbert Smith really really did support me and my development, and and so they they saw the value in me being involved in in those kind of things. But that absolutely there was additional time <laughs> that I had to put in of my own, especially when we were looking at some of the research. You know, there's a huge amount of reviewing of, of findings and, and analyzing findings and working with the the, the, the providers of, of the research in terms of the data analytics to make sure we're presenting it back in the right way and that kind of thing. Um, so, and, you know, being on the board, there were director meetings that needed to happen on a regular basis that, you know, that also came out of my own time. So, yeah, you do have to invest in your own career development. Um, and you, and, and, I, and I, I think I'm, I've always been a self-starter, um, but I think you, one piece of advice, I suppose, would be to take that responsibility and go find it, go find those opportunities. Um, it's very easy, I think, to expect things to come to you um, and then you miss opportunities um, you know it, it's we can't we can't all um, be hungry all the time and, and but at the same time just picking those moments where you do you know pick your head up above the parapet and say actually hold on a minute I think I could do this or I'd like to be involved 
um and you it's, it's amazing what you what 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 doors that opens for you yeah that idea of saying yes yeah things that come along and not all of them work out but but some do so so you're at Herbert Smith Freehill well as it is now called and where did your journey take you after that so I I was looking for a new new sort of stretch and again I'd been involved in some very broad talent projects um at Herbert Smith uh working with the director of HR at the time who's brilliant man or is still a brilliant man he um the real kind of mentor um to me um and has supported me throughout my career from the Herbert Smith days and the moment I met him to, to today and uh we spoke about you know what where next for Kerry then and we looked at going to, uh, my husband and I looked at going to Hong Kong um so we we had a little uh, look and see visit to to Hong Kong to uh work at, within the sort of the HR team there and it was it was really compelling we, we were all sort of basically set up to go um but uh, what we realized was that because my husband was also trying to sort out his side of things for, for work and and the, the the pieces of the jigsaw didn't really fall into place for him on his side and so I wasn't going to go on my own <laughs> so I decided that that wasn't going to work um and then at the same time uh I got a call from HSBC um asking them asking me if I'd be interested in a global head of um, early talent role so um I spoke to them and took them up on the offer which which was great you know and, and their headquarters in Hong Kong so there was there was a benefit there and and yeah it's a, a completely different environment a corporate environment not a partnership the first time I'd, I'd gone into sort of the corporate world and um, yeah fantastic brand uh, lots to do there lots to do um to, to sort of improve the processes um, behind the scenes, I suppose, and and really get quite strategic about resourcing um, at that level and, and the pipelines and pathways through. Um, so I, I was on the commercial side of the bank, not the not the sort of retail banking side. And again, you know, just just fantastic experience, a whole new network, and and it, it was it, it was a, an intense time. Um, I worked very long hours and. I, I just got to a point again when I thought, what next? You know, do I want do I want a role like this somewhere else? And it's just, you know, yes, different challenges that, um, and 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 a slightly different environment. But actually, how long do I want to continue to do a similar thing? And I went on holiday over the Christmas period and came back thinking, I think I might want to do something completely different. Uh, I think I might want to work for myself. Kerry, you are amazing. How many people do that? You're amazing. <laughs> it was a bit of a gulp moment, I have to say. But I mean, that, this is when I reached out to people because I thought, am I just going to be laughed at? You know, people are just going to think, what, what, what the hell do you think you're doing? Why? You can't make it on your own. Um, so I spoke to John, who's the, yeah, my Herbert Smith um, mentor. I spoke to the CEO of the AGR, um, who's also a you know, great advisor to me. Um, a number of people in you know in my network just to test out my thinking my credibility <laughs> um, and I needed to make it work you know I couldn't I, I couldn't afford to not be paid I, ha- I had to make sure that I that it was a viable business and that I had some money coming in to pay the mortgage so I sounded people out and I, I was surprised um, and, and gladdened I suppose that there, there was a lot of support there 
Um, and it's amazing, actually, when you talk to people, how open they are and how willing to share. You know, I had various people pop up, oh, yes, you know, my wife has done the same thing or, or my my brother's sister's aunt, you know, and, and I'm sure they'll be able to share with you, uh, you know, templates of, of what they've used in terms of invoicing and, and, you know, terms and conditions documents that you can look at to see what would work for you. And so there was just so much support out there that I thought, I've got to, I've just got to go for this. So we gave ourselves, my husband and I gave, gave ourselves six months. So I've got to make it work in six months because otherwise the money that I'd set aside would run out and we wouldn't be able to pay the mortgage. <laughs> <laughs> that that was my timeline and within that, that six months I had to get the website up and running I knew I didn't want it the business to be um, restricted to just me so I wanted to build an associate base I was quite clear that I didn't want to get myself tied up in managing people um, so it was a subcontracting setup and it always has been um, and I wanted to work with people that were like-minded that wanted the challenge that had been in up you know in senior roles like myself so that they were really pragmatic about how they approached the projects with clients um, we, I didn't want us to be consultants for consultants sake I wanted us to really be in their shoes and be partnering with our clients and I wanted us to have fun doing it I wanted to, to have fun with you know working with each other and with the clients um, so that was that was kind of a feel that I was trying to um, create I suppose the culture I guess of, of, of Jared Consulting which um, yeah. it became and the culture is so important as uh, you know yeah. as you saw throughout your career actually yeah absolutely absolutely um, and it yeah I mean it, it just took a lot of time a lot of hours getting everything set up um, reaching out to people I was very lucky I got I, I got a couple of contracts straight away that gave me some stability in terms of um, financial stability um, uh, it was I had to set aside a certain amount of time to do the business development and all of the other business admin and and the website design etc um, but yeah it, it just it just it was like a bit of a whirlwind really um, I've never looked back it's just you know grown um, year on year as a business um, associates um, the, the associate team has, has grown I've got some great people that have been with me from the start and and new and lots of new guys and girls as well who um, I love working with so it's very rewarding. You've got such an incredible breadth of knowledge that you've created throughout your time and what I'm hearing here is how you've really developed your networks and sort of almost stored up all of your contacts along the way and used them to help you much later in the journey than perhaps you anticipated uh, and maybe often founded in friendships as well oh absolutely I mean a lot of a lot of the people like you know you meet along the way certainly they, they are they are friends I'd class them as friends for sure you can't keep in touch with everybody on a on a you know really regular basis because uh, it just simply isn't enough time but just making sure that you keep linking background every now and then it just to keep in contact is is important and you know I, I'm interested in how they're doing and so it's, it's a definitely a, a, a two-way street you know things happen to people in life and and you know you want to be there to support them like they have been for me it is all about the people in terms of the environment that um can you hear my dog barking I can hear your dogs absolutely Sorry. they want to join the podcast they're always welcome <laughs> it was about to happen wasn't it <laughs> Um, Gary, two short questions uh, for, for your dogs and our listeners. What is the best advice that anyone's given you throughout your journey? 
I think the best advice has been to to be yourself um, don't compromise on that because I think when I started out as I said before yeah I didn't I didn't know really what I wanted to do in a way I still don't careers <laughs> evolve don't they you know and, and opportunities come up and then you think okay and the world is changing at such a fast pace as well and you know so there, there's there's an, always an opportunity to, to to evolve or reinvent um and and, and build on what's gone before I, and I, th- I don't think I really appreciated that at the beginning I think I felt oh gosh you know this is such a big decision this is such a significant decision that I've got to get it right and when I had that light bulb moment and realized accountancy wasn't for me I, I you know I, I felt like I'd, I'd failed I felt like I'd made the wrong decision in the first place and I'd failed whereas now I look back and think actually that learning that development that I had whilst at PwC doing my accountancy you know that that's given me such good grounding for what I do now running a business you know I, I run a business yeah. in fact I run three businesses and it's, <laughs> and it's it's just really empowering you know and and so decisions you make early on aren't you know it's not the make or break <laughs> and and I think just being true to yourself and knowing yourself um being honest with yourself as to what you're liking and what you're not liking so that you can can allow yourself to evolve and not get stuck um I think if you get stuck and you feel trapped and that's really demotivating and you know you don't want to go there so I think that's that's probably what I'd echo in terms of that advice to me to others so okay last last question for you Kerry um you are at the absolute heart of the future of the workplace and how we work and how we get we get into talent and how talent's recruited. Um, what are your hopes for its future, for the future of, of, of this world? It's already happening. Um, and I'm I think that it's a great opportunity for absolutely everybody to, to be able to be accepted for who they are and for businesses to benefit from that because by by understanding your people and taking that time to really get them and to personalize how you approach you know managing them uh, motivating them promoting them moving them around the business um to, to keep hold of them <laughs> is is absolutely key and I, th- I think you know allowing that flexibility in approach will give everybody the opportunity to to really shine and and you know be themselves but take opportunities as they come up and it is that sort of individualization that personalization um and an understanding the differences and different people's contexts to help them be the best they can be and some businesses are really really good at that already others have you know further to go but I think that's definitely the direction of travel if I think about my client base those that you know we work with have that appetite you know even if they're not yet there yet you know if you're thinking about diversity and inclusion you know there's a long way to go on that journey but if if the aspiration and the commitment is there we will get there and it's ensuring that it's fair to all and 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 transparent you know just treating people like adults trusting them with information about the business that will help them to be part of it and and feel that they can contribute in a significant way and and that will then again create a lot more loyalty as as a result so i think i think those are the kind of key key trends and my my wish for the future but i think it's it's, it is already shifting in that way so that's really heartening for me it's really interesting for our listeners who might be applying for jobs at different organizations to to hear 
that coming from somebody with such a wealth of experience actually you know and how they can look out for that within within companies and other organizations they're applying to yeah it's, it's that authentic um side of, of a business and the people you meet i think that's you know, that's so important it comes back to the same thing isn't it know yourself know what you and be true to yourself and, and then see how that mirrors and matches with the organizations that you are I mean, I, I do the same with, with my client base, you know, I, I want to work with clients that, that value what I and my team can bring um, and get, you know, that we get each other because that makes for a much more fun way of working and much more rewarding. Absolutely. Oh, Kerry, it's been such a pleasure to talk to you and to get a little insight into to your world. I, I, I could talk to you for hours <laughs> about this. Um, but but we won't go on. But look, um, you know, I think it's just um, also probably right that we say that that point about know thyself is episode one, isn't it? Yes, so, yeah. you know, it does link back. And um, also we've got an episode on the importance of mentoring. And you've spoken today about the importance of mentoring. So any listeners interested in, in that point can turn back to that episode. Um, thank you so much, um, Kerry, for joining us. And um, thank you so much um, for listening to today's episode. Thanks, Fran.